we want to give our employees a little bit of grace during a situation like this, but we also do have to meet the needs of our customers and business needs. So it's a balance we're all trying to find. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. What's next? Amid the chaos of the COVID-19 pandemic, IT leaders everywhere are contemplating the answer to that question for themselves, for their companies, and their teams. IT leaders need to be thinking about this in four different dimensions to answer the what's next question. What's next for your company's customers? What's next for your company's supply chain? What's next for you? And what's next for your company's employees? I'm your host, Jeff Tun. On today's episode of Status Go, I am joined by InterVision's own Melanie Burglar, our Human Resources Director. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thank you for having me. As offices across the country begin to open back up over the next few weeks and months, I think it creates some interesting challenges for the IT leader when it comes to his or her employees, both within the IT department itself, as well as the broader company. Melanie, what are some of the challenges that you are starting to see from your chair? Well, this has just been such an unprecedented time. This is, we, we've just been walking through this uncharted territory and um, we never know what it's going to bring. So we feel like we've, we've done a good job of getting our employees set up to work remotely. And now it's time to have our employees ready to go, go back into the world, so to speak, and yeah. meeting with customers and going on customer sites and vendor sites. So I think that's the challenge, um, the biggest challenge that we're facing right now as far as do our employees feel safe? Do we make our customers feel safe? When they come on site, as you know, InterVision, we're not open yet, but once we do open, whether that be this summer, who knows when that's going to be, um, when they come on site, we wanna make sure that our customers know that they're being taken care of and that we're doing everything that we can to serve their business needs, but, to also make them feel safe for being on site. We also have a lot of a lot of our employees that are going on the customer sites and that's that's definitely been a challenge too. Are these customers meeting the same requirements and the same needs that that we're requiring? Are there masks? Is there safe distancing? Um, what are these companies doing? And that's always the first question I I ask when an employee comes to me and says this customer wants me to come on site. What do I do with this? How do I handle this? So I think that's the biggest challenge that we're going to see in the coming weeks and months is, is what this person-to-person communication looks like. Yeah, because I think you have to treat uh, everybody differently, right? Almost down to the individual uh, mm-hmm. level. So as you're thinking about the last, gosh, what's it been, two months, three months, closing yeah. in on it, whatever, what has surprised you the most 
during this time? Well, I think, you know, InterVision has been at kind of an advantage. We have so many remote workers already and we, we, I don't want to say it was completely smooth. We eased right into this remote working with a few hiccups. Um, not going to lie, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I know that we were, um, we weren't presented with the challenges that a lot of companies have faced that aren't used to having the majority of their workforce immediately pick up and sometimes not even pick up. A lot of our employees went home for the weekend and didn't realize that they weren't going to come back on Monday. So yeah. everything was left at the office as it was on Friday afternoon. But it did surprise me how smoothly things have gone and it, it, I mean, it has been surprising how well the communication has been through all of this. I don't know if I expected employees to get into their homes and immediately compartmentalize and the communication that we see from day to day in the office to, to slow down, um, but it really has increased, in my opinion. So that's been a surprise. I, I think it's just really gone a lot smoother than than I ever would have anticipated. Yeah, who could have predicted what we've all just been through? And uh, I've talked to a lot of CIOs and IT leaders from around the country, and some of them have different stories, right? Some of them, uh, it was very difficult to move in this direction, and others hardly skipped a beat. And I, I think that's a a testament to their readiness for something like this, as well as perhaps the they were already doing some things with work from home and re remote workers like we've done here at InterVision. And I, and I think that helped. How have you coached uh, employees on work-life balance when, when work is in your home? How do you help them with that? Yeah, that that's definitely been something that nobody anticipated either with, um, and, and, it, and this does not apply just to the employees who've had children whose schools have closed or have had, you know, have lost their daycare. This applies across the board. This is for somebody who is, you know, living alone and not used to working remote. And this has been a big adjustment for that type of employee. It's also applied to spouses who they aren't used to working in the same space. Uh -huh. <laughs> and and I, I can speak from experience. I checked two of those boxes with having kids needing help with homework and working on iPads and trying to finish out a school year. And then also having my my husband work and just yeah. just down the hall. So so that's definitely been a challenge. Um, I, I mean, I think that there's a type of employee that embraces that and likes having the closeness of their family, especially during a time when things are so uncertain. But there's a level of distraction that is also very, very stressful for certain employees and the ability to be productive and get get work done. The, the normal eight-hour day is, I don't want to say it's a thing of the past, but it definitely has taken on a whole new meaning because yeah. of this. Yeah. So we just really, I mean, the name of the game is flexibility as far as managing yeah. your employees yeah. and making sure that 
they are able to balance this without adding an extra level of stress because it's an art, it's already a stressful situation. So managers really need to be cognizant of that and try to be as flexible as possible with their employees while also meeting the needs of the business, of course. Yeah. I, I like that flexibility idea. And, and you mentioned the, maybe not the death of the eight to five, but it's certainly been impacted. And maybe that's not such a bad thing. Uh, people work in different rhythms and maybe that's one of the, the lessons that we'll have learned coming out of this is how to, how to work with people in the rhythm that they are most productive in. So I, I love that concept about flexibility. You touched on this earlier, Melanie, about um, on-site support. I know many of our listeners are in the IT space and they probably have employees that are still going into the office because that's where their that's where their infrastructure is. That's where their network gear is, their servers. And, and so they've had to do that on-site support. Uh, ours is a little different because we're doing it on behalf of clients, but it, it, they probably struggle with the same thing. Um, let's talk about sales and sales leaders, because for a lot of companies who have a sales force, they spend a lot of time on airplanes. How are you counseling people to deal with, hey, do I, do I take that trip? to go visit a client or, uh, or a prospect? Yeah, that, that's actually a question that started, it started cropping up, I would say in, in February, before we in the US understood the, how significant of a business impact this was going to make. And I did have a couple of employees come to me that said, you know what, I've got somebody who's, immune compromised that I live with. I'm not comfortable getting on a plane and flying across the country to California. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I don't think we, <laughs> we really didn't understand how, um, how this, I mean, how this was really going to work. But now um, that, that things are starting to open up a little bit more, it really goes back to, do we make our employees feel safe if yeah. they aren't, comfortable getting on an airplane, that's not something at this point in the game that we're, that we're going to force. It's just not worth forcing the issue. Now, I, I have had a couple of employees who've asked me if it's, you know, if they're able to drive. I mean, normally it would be, a, you know, an hour plane ride. Could they just drive the extra hours? That's fine. We want our employees to feel like they have control over, over this and whatever makes them feel the most safe. That's, that's what we're going to be on board with as well. Yeah. Fortunately, we, I mean, we still can continue to have the online meetings and meet with people via screen. I know that's not yeah. ideal. And yeah. in the sales yeah. sector, um, a handshake goes, goes a lot further sometimes, but Handshakes aren't happening right now. <laughs> and no, no, they're not. They may no, not for a while. No, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah, that, I mean, this is something that we're just tiptoeing into at this point. And it's going to be a lot of back and forth between our sales force and the sales leadership on what they're comfortable with and what their employees, their teams are comfortable with. Yeah. 
I like what you said about the screen time and the isn't quite the same as face to face. But one of the things that I've seen in this or that I've felt in all of this is it seems like we have connected on a far more personal level over video than we typically have done in the office. And, and I think part of that is because we now have a window into someone's home. We're seeing the the spouse walk by in the background or the dogs barking or the kids that interrupt. We see what's behind them in their home office. And I think as a sales professional, perhaps that is also something that could help deepen the relationship with a prospect or with with a client. Have you seen some of that same type of thing uh, with the meetings that you've been having? Oh, absolutely. This is, this is one of the silver linings. I'm always trying to think of the silver linings of this strange situation. And this is definitely one of those that it's humanized. Um, it's humanized our workforce. We do get a peek into what we would otherwise not see. And it, and I don't mean that to sound like a voyeuristic type of thing, but. Yeah, but good, bad, yeah. ugly, right? <laughs> um, but I think that leading up to this, and I know that Intervision is, we're definitely not the only company that's guilty of this, but we would come into the office and we would just plug in and hammer away at the tasks at hand. And I think that we were so focused on doing our jobs and getting back to our families or whatever it may be at the end of the day that there, that interaction was, was somewhat lost. So now we have the challenge of having to balance this, but we also have that right behind us all the time. We have the dogs walking by, we have the kids who need to have snacks made and, um, I definitely have not seen that as a bad thing at all. Yeah. I think it's been a good thing. I, I love the way you stated it about the, the humanness mm-hmm. that we we allow each other to be human. We touched on this a little bit when we were talking about air travel and and going to see clients or going to see employees in other locations. Many of our listeners work for organizations that are spread over multiple geographies. Uh, InterVision itself, we have offices in multiple jurisdictions in what, about two thirds Mm -hmm. of the country. What recommendation is HR making to leaders who have to support multiple locales? How, because every jurisdiction seems like they have different rules. How are we, how are you helping people navigate that? Well, I think that, and this is a conversation that I've had with, with our leadership since I've been with the company, um, communication is key. We definitely can build a culture that is geographically dispersed based on how well our leadership is communicating across all of these locations. And I think that, I think that our management does a pretty good job of this. I mean, it's, the culture has been redefined by how well we're communicating. So that means reaching out more to your teams. If I have a manager that comes to me and they're struggling with team dynamics or with an employee in particular, the first thing that I always ask them is, how often are you meeting with this employee or with your team? 
Are you meeting with them weekly? Are you meeting with them on a regular cadence? It may not have to be weekly, but um, especially in a time like this where a lot of employees are used to having that face-to-face team meeting or that face-to-face one-on-one, there's a lot to be said for just putting 30 minutes on the calendar and continuing to have that regular cadence of conversation. And even if there isn't any major project going on, it's just connecting and seeing how this employee or, or the whole team, how everybody's doing mentally, (laughs) how we're doing emotionally with all of this. Are you having a tough week? Are you having a hard time balancing things right now? Just to ask those questions. And that might be uncomfortable for some managers, but that, that opens up the conversation and allows for the team members to to be comfortable to talk about these kind of things with yeah. um, with their managers, and and I think that extends to the broader culture of our company that that we do care about the employees, and and that is something that we definitely you know that's that's our highest value. I think that's another silver lining to all of this, or it could be, and and that is the old traditional of. Uh, Hi, Mel, how are you? And you answer, I'm fine. It seems to have, we've gotten to a deeper level, sure. right? It, it's become okay for you to ask me how I am. And I, and I say, Mel, I'm really struggling. This has been really tough. And I think we've allowed people to be a bit more vulnerable because we're in this shared experience. And, mm-hmm. and as we've been talking, I think as we start to return using air quotes that no one can see, return to the office. I think the employees probably fall into one or possibly more than one category. There's those who just can't wait to get back in the office, right? They have missed it. They missed the interaction. They missed the buzz. There are those who are nervous about returning to the office and maybe they're in a risk category. Maybe they're not. They may just be concerned about it. There's going to be those that just excelled in work from home uh, and want to continue to do it. And there's going to be those that want to work from home, but they really weren't really effective at it. So, so Mel, how do you counsel the leader to navigate those categories and provide that safe space for each of those employees? What, what's your counsel to them? I have talked to managers over the course of the last three months about every single one of these types of employees. So (laughs) probably more, right? Yeah. Yeah, You you hit the nail on the head with, um, with each of these. And I mentioned this previously, but the key is flexibility, but within the parameters of meeting the business needs and the emotional and personal needs of employees. So, you know, occasionally I'll have a manager who doesn't, doesn't really like to talk about the touchy-feely kind of stuff, these emotional needs of of their employees, but it's a very real thing. And if the manager is ignoring this component of their team members, then they're going to end up having an unhappy team. So one thing that I've asked managers to do is, is check in with their employees and ask, what can I do as a manager to help you navigate this situation best? Mm-hmm. And that could be flexing hours because of childcare. Maybe, you know, the mornings aren't great for a particular employee because of kids' schoolwork, but from 
1 p.m. to, you know, after bedtime, that's when they're working the best. That can be done. And we just have to, we have to be flexible in these situations. There's also uncomfortable conversations that might need to be had because work isn't getting done. We have some people who work for us that can really get in there and they are so self-motivated and excel in this. And then we have others who working from home, it's, there's just too many distractions Distractions. and the time management just isn't there. So that's, that's when the tough conversations have to be had where, you know, we want to give our employees a little bit of grace during a situation like this, but we also do have to meet the needs of our customers and business needs. So it's a balance we're all trying to find. Um, But, but I, I mean, ultimately I would say flexibility is what we need to focus on as managers. Um, This is not a one size fits all um, situation. You used a great word in there, Melanie. And I, and I think it's been uh, kind of my go-to word for the last three months. And that's grace, Uh, giving each other grace that extends to a lot of different situations. But when we were talking in our pre-call, you also talked about this empathy, that the leader needs empathy. So how do you coach someone who may not, may not have that empathy gene as one of their strong suits? How do you coach them to, to do those kinds of things? Well, this might be one of the toughest components of my job because HR leaders, uh, try as we might, we, we're not in the business of changing personalities. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really just takes a lot of conversation. It's conversations that sometimes I have to be a part of when the manager is just not comfortable. When they're, This is just so far out of their comfort zone. And that's where, you know, the HR leader does need to step in and, and managers shouldn't be afraid to ask either. It's, it's part of our job as HR management to help with these conversations. So if things are starting to go South with an employee and a manager's having a really hard time breaking through and communicating, that's, that's definitely where the HR leadership needs to be a part of the conversation with the employee who's struggling and have the manager be a part of that too. So the coaching, it isn't just a a one conversation dealing with the empathetic side of leading. It takes time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so in a sense, you kind of outsource the empathy gene to your HR professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What it takes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I've definitely seen managers, they've come to me or, you know, a member of my team and say, I just, I don't feel like this is something that I, I should be doing. The, I don't feel like these types of conversations are, are in my job description. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you're, you're leading a team and it's not just getting the job done. They, you're, you're dealing again, with humans, it can get messy sometimes. And in order to, in order to effectively lead these teams, you have to recognize that the uncomfortable conversations sometimes need to be had 
in order to have breakthroughs and help your team members succeed. And to stereotype IT professionals, those skills are not always our strong suit. So uh, we, can, <laughs> we, can, we can use all the help we can get in some cases. We, we touched on this a, a little bit earlier when we were talking about culture and extending the culture outside the four walls, so to speak, into different geographic locations. But I know one of the roles that HR serves is making sure that the organization is adhering to the regulations and the restrictions and all the different compliance frameworks that companies deal with. HR is kind of responsible for a, a large section of those. Mm -hmm. When you have this very strange and uncharted territory of even county by county have different rules, how are you as the HR professional, how are you staying up on all of these? So you know <laughs> what rules are in place in which locations where you have offices. Are you able to do that? And if so, what's your magic? What are you doing to do that, Mel? <laughs> well, that, that's what good legal counsel is for. <laughs> that is not something that we do all by ourselves. And I am the first person to say when I have a leader come to me or I come across a tricky situation, I will say, give me a minute. I will get back to you on this. I certainly don't want to give misinformation to uh -huh. anybody. And because this is such a fluid situation right now and all of the different pieces of legislation are coming out on a very regular basis. It's, it's just something that I've allowed myself to take some time with. I mean, I, I do want to want to keep up with everything that's been put into place, but um, I do a lot uh -huh. of reading yeah. um, <laughs> and I do, I rely heavily on our legal counsel just to make sure that I'm interpreting things correctly, that our leadership is interpreting things correctly. So definitely don't want to pretend like I'm an expert until I experts. talk to the yeah, experts. Yeah. It is <laughs> yeah. challenging. I mean, I, I'm doing this call from my home office in Indianapolis, Indiana, and where my home is located is about two miles from the county line in two different directions. So surrounded by three counties. And mm -hmm. I sit in Marion County and the Marion County rules, the Indianapolis rules right now are different than the, than the rest of the state. So I can go two miles from yeah. my house and the rules are different. And it, it's yeah. very difficult. It's like, I just want to stay home because I don't know what the rules are. Um, right. and, uh, Our main offices are in large cities. So we have St. Louis, we have Indianapolis, Boston, Santa Clara, and those counties are adhering to much stricter regulations than some of the more rural counties that are surrounding. So that's, that's something that we've definitely had to stay on top of, um, just what's required of, of those particular cities as opposed to a remote worker who who may not live in a town of more than 10,000 yeah, people. Yeah. So yeah. it's completely different. You said it at the outset. These are definitely uncharted waters that we're all navigating through. So Melanie, as you know, I love to end our show with a strong call to action for our listeners. So I'm going to put you on the spot here 
And what are one <laughs> or two things our listeners should do differently tomorrow because they listen to us today? Well, I, I think I may have mentioned this already, but I think one of the most important things that any IT leader should do, any manager in general should do, is check in with each teammate. These are unprecedented times. And really just taking just a couple of minutes and once a week or however often you do it and say, how are you feeling in all of this? Do you have any concerns? Are you doing okay? Is your family doing okay? Just really make this um, more of a humanized situation as opposed to just coworkers or uh, the employee leader type of relationship. And this might be uncomfortable, but it's been an uncomfortable time. So the silver lining could be a generation, um, a new generation of very loyal employees due in large part to the fact that they know that their employer truly cares about them and wants them to succeed. That would be my advice. And another possible silver lining as we've been talking. That's great. Yeah. Melanie, thank you so much. I know you are incredibly busy during these very strange times, <laughs> and I appreciate you carving out time to speak with us today. So thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Melanie Burglar. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.